problem with uh, leading small group is a lot of the things that God puts in my heart, y'all have already heard about, because I talk about them. <laughs> so if you've already heard these, me talk about these verses and these messages, uh, it's too bad for you. You get to hear more of the Bible. Um, I was thinking about a couple things as you were you were asking us to come and and share what God's been teaching us, and I'm realizing now there are two are kind of related to each other, which is cool. God does that sometimes. He he, uh, a lot of people say they don't believe in coincidences. As a Christian, I definitely don't believe in coincidences. If God puts something on your heart, then he, uh, he probably wants to do a lot with it. And he probably wants to touch other people's lives with it, touch other people's hearts with it. So it's a very good thing to share what God is teaching you. The first passage I want to talk about is in Matthew 22. A Pharisee, a teacher of the law, comes to Jesus and asks him, What is the greatest commandment? And he said to him, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the greatest and the most important commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor and yourself. All the law and the prophets depend on these two commandments. Now, you'll have probably heard that passage before. Not, and I've been reading it for years, but uh, the last the last few weeks, God has really been impressing on me the depth of that command, the first command specifically, and what it really means. It says, the love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. In different in different uh, gospels, sometimes it'll say four things, sometimes it'll say three things, but the the message is pretty much the same. Love the Lord with all of your heart and your mind and your strength. Okay, what does that mean? Let's think about that for a minute. If you love God with all of your hearts, okay, your heart, that's the seat of the affections. That's the part of you that, that, has, that has love. It's the part of you that has affection. It's the part of you that desires things. If your entire desire, if all of your love and all of your heart is pointed at the Lord, then what does that mean? it means that none of it is pointed anywhere else. If you love God with all of your strength, what does that mean? It means that everything that you invest in love is invested in the Lord, and none of it is invested anywhere else. So what does that mean? If I love something apart from God, is that sin? Yes, it is. Unless it's something that's glorifying to God. Can you love your spouse and love God at the same time? Yes. Because God gave you, if you have a spouse, God gave them to you. And honoring your spouse is honoring him. Can you love your family and love the Lord? Yes, because God gave them to you and loving them is loving God. God even said the second commandment, the second most important commandment is love your neighbor as you love yourself. So that means if we love one another with a true godly love, that is a love for Jesus Christ. That is a love for God. These two commandments that he gives are not something that we split up and say, okay, with, with half of our love, we're going to love people, and with the other half, we're going to love God. You know, they're not, they're not mutually exclusive. You can, and in fact, you must love others in order to love God. What did Jesus say about serving other people? He said, when I come back to you, I will say, I was hungry. He will say to the faithful, I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me water. 
I was sick, you comforted me. I was naked, you clothed me. I was in prison, and you visited me. And he said to them, you will say to me, when did we do these things? And Jesus said to them, whatever you have done to the least of these, your neighbors, you have done for me. And so you can love others and love God, but the, the point that God has really been impressing upon me is that all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength means the, the completeness of that must be pointed toward God. All of your love must be for God. That means that if you love anything that God has given you, because God has given us all things. There's not a thing on this planet that God didn't create. Satan didn't create anything. He doesn't know how to create anything. But if we love something that God gave us or someone that God has put in front of us with a selfish love, and that's, that's not really love, but we call it love. If, if, if we love it with a selfish love, if I love someone with a selfish love, which means that, that I do nice things for them hoping for something for me, right? Then that is not honoring to God. And that is a love for myself. Daniel's been talking for the last several weeks about I am second and how, how God has really started to teach him that he is second. We know that we are second to God. When Je Jesus is basically making that same point when he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, because what that means is that if all your love is for God, then none of it is for you. He said, love your neighbor as yourself. He didn't say love yourself. Some people say, well, you know what? I think I need to, I think I really need to spend some time learning how to love myself for a little while. And that way, maybe I'll, maybe I'll graduate to loving others. No, no, no. Jesus didn't say that. Everyone's born knowing how to love themselves. A baby, as it comes from the womb, literally all it is thinking about is, I'm hungry, I'm cold, I'm tired, me, 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 me. What does it do when it starts? What does it do as soon as it's born, as soon as it takes its first breath? It cries. It's not crying because it's distant from the Lord. It's not crying because it's, it's, it's sorrowful for its sin. It's crying because it's uncomfortable, it's hungry, it's upset for itself. All of us were born this way. All of us were born with a sinful nature concerned only with ourselves. We're born knowing how to love ourselves and all of the love that we have if we're, if we're not saved, is for ourselves. You either love yourself or you love God. And what did Jesus say? He said, all of this love that you have for yourself, I want you to take all of it and point it toward God, your Father in heaven. Love him with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, and all your strength. I want to talk about that a little bit more, but there's another passage that I'm thinking of. It's in Proverbs chapter 3. It 
Same passage that says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do, do not rely on your own understanding. Think about him in all your ways and he will guide you in the right paths. A little bit further down from that, it says, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruit of your entire harvest. Then your barns will be completely filled and your vats will overflow with new wine. Hmm. That's a, that's just a, a couple short verses. And there are two that I've read before as well, but God's been teaching me about those too. Honor the Lord with the first of your possessions. The first of anything in scripture is very significant. Who was the first man? Adam. Who does God use to describe our old nature? Adam. He was the very first of his nature. Many have it, but Adam was the first. And so God refers to the sinful nature as the nature of Adam. Who was the firstborn son of God? Jesus Christ. He is called the firstborn among many brothers. Is he the most important among all the brothers? Yes. <laughs> Jesus is more important than any of us. And in the sight of God, he's the only one who is holy. And the only reason any of us can be called good, the only reason any of us have access to the throne of God, the only reason any of us have the opportunity to do anything that is good in the sight of God or pleasing to him, the only reason any of us can have a faith that is honoring to God is if we are covered by his blood. Jesus is absolutely more important than any of, any of us. He is the first. When you, when you honor God with the first of your possessions, why is that significant? Let me ask it the other way around. If you honor God with the last of your possessions instead, what does that say about your heart? Okay, let's say, let's talk about money, because money is simple. It comes in numbers and dollar amounts. As you earn money, which we should all be doing, the Bible says, let a man stop stealing and start working with his hands, and a laborer is worthy of his hire, right? As we do that, as we're faithful, and God rewards us with money, there are two perspectives we can have. You were talking about this maybe a couple months ago about tithing. There are two perspectives that we can have as humans. There are two perspectives we can have as Christians. We can either have perspective number one, which is, okay, I'm going to first provide for myself, right? And then when I'm satisfied, whenever my needs have all been met, then whatever else I have left over, if anything, that goes to God. That's the first perspective. And it kind of, it, it, you know, in, a, in, a human, in human terms, it makes a lot of sense. Because, okay, you know, if, if, if I put aside the stuff for God first, I might not have enough left to eat, right? In human terms, it kind of makes sense. But what does God say? Honor the Lord with the first of your possessions. So perspective number two is exactly what I just said. Take out what the Lord will receive and give that first. And then whatever is left over, if any, goes to you. In human terms, that may not make as much sense, but that's what God asks us to do. Why? Well, first of the Lord, as we first first of all, as we just read, 
Scripture says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding, right? So if I'm leaning on my own understanding thinking, okay, I need to buy food before I honor the Lord, God says, don't do that. He says, trust him. Second of all, I've been talking about how the, how the first of something is the most important. The first thing that you do with your money, the first thing that you do with your time, the first thing that you do with your life, with your energy, this is what is most important to you. This is just how life works. If I take philosophy number one and I say, I need to take care of myself before I take care of anything else, guess what that means? It means that in my heart, I am the most important thing. And so I will make sure to take care of myself first to make sure that I get taken care of because I'm the most important thing. What does that mean about my heart? It means that I'm the most important thing in my heart. It means that I am loving myself before I love God. What do we read in Matthew 22? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. Does that mean you shouldn't buy food? Does that mean you shouldn't buy things for yourself? No. Does that mean you shouldn't provide for your family? No, God wants you to do that. But the order that you dish out your money is revealing of the order of what is important in your heart. The order that you go through when you dish out your time reveals the order of what is most important to you in your heart. And I don't know, it, it, I'd never seen it with that amount of clarity before God was, was teaching me about it the last few weeks. And uh, it's, it's really convicting for me. Because there, if you look at it that way, if you look at it in biblical terms and you look at and you see it the way that God sees it, it does make perfect sense. And what you do with your life absolutely reflects what's going on in your heart. And so, like I said, that's convicting for me. And it, it, uh, it's kind of given me a little bit of a, um, of a lens, a little bit of a, a better a better view, a better perspective on my own heart. Because guess what? We can think that we're doing real well in here. And some things could be wrong with us that we don't realize. <laughs> because guess what? God knows our hearts better than we do. And so if God gives us tools in Scripture to be able to understand ourselves, to convict us, to help us realize when we sin, to help us realize how far we are from him, and to help us realize how we can draw closer to him, guess what? Those are valuable tools. God has given us an insight into our own hearts that we do not naturally have. And this particular tool, this particular insight is valuable for all of us because we can look at our money, we can look at our time and our energy and everything that we invest in Look at the order of it, and it will tell us, according to God, it will tell us where our priorities are, and it'll tell us where our heart is, and I suspect that for all of us, in some way or another, you know, we need to review that a little bit and allow God to, to teach us where our priorities are off, and I'm convinced that when we do change our hearts, our lives will change along with it.